Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we had Gino Barbaro on the show. And, you know, for me, it's it's a full circle moment because around this time last year is when I joined Gino's mentorship program, Jake and Gino. And, you know, from that conversation I had with him back then to this conversation I had with him today, it was, it was, illuminating again because Gino he's a natural teacher for those of you that are beginners in this industry you know he's going to he's going to light a fire fire up under your ass honestly because hearing his story where he came from and and what he's doing now the, the gulf between it it tells you that anybody can do it and if there's anything you walk away from this show with it's the mindset that you just like him just like Dre and just like myself can also be successful in this business. So it was it was it was good to have this conversation. How'd you feel about it, Dre? It was phenomenal, man. I, I love I was a fan of the Jake and Gino community for sure. Just not only because of you, but I've listened to Gino stuff. I read the book, The Honeybee, we had with the parable. So I was definitely a fan. I loved how he talked a lot about it, just being a teacher and the mindset of everything and growth. We spoke a lot about that, but I, I think it's very applicable. I I think as we mentioned a lot of people get really focused on just, I want to get in multifamily. I want to get in multifamily. And, and they don't realize that in order to successfully be proficient and be able to grow and scale and operate successfully in real estate and in just being entrepreneurship in general is mindset. And it's not as simple as people make it seem. It's not as simple as acquire multi, rent multi, succeed. You know, and I think people, people make it robot-like like that, but it's, it's, I'm telling y'all for real, it's not like that. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's not. And if someone, if you think that's, that's the case, it's not. So there's so much more that go into it. You have to have that vision. You have to have that foresight. You have to, you know, know what you're doing and constantly be thinking about that growth and that scalability and having the right mindset of running a successful business, such an operation. And, and in some, Gino goes into all of that. You all should be able to listen to this episode and walk away with the tool shed that you need to learn how to think successfully as an entrepreneur as and as a real estate investor to be successful in the real estate space. Now a word from our show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals in select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So 
If you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Multi-Family by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I've got my great co-host here, Ike Eke. I want to thank everyone for tuning in for another great episode. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you're a returning listener, please leave us a five-star review. So it's Thursday. It's a beautiful day in San Diego. We're about to fall. Ike, I haven't seen you all. I got to check in with you. How are you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic. And honestly... Look, no disrespect to any of our previous guests, no disrespect to any of our future guests, but this is most likely the most important episode of this show for me personally, because we have an individual that, you know, really changed the game for me. All the things that you hear from me on this show, chances are this individual had a massive impact on those lessons. And so even if I was having a terrible day before, it's as best, it's as good as it can be. Because, well, you're going to see in a second. How about you, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing great. Yesterday, we opened escrow on another multifamily here in San Diego. Beautiful. So I am, I am, I'm excited. Super excited about that. But I'm excited for you, bro. I'm going to let you take the reins mostly on this one because I know this is a very special podcast for you. So why don't you do the honors and introduce today's guest? I will. I will. Today, we have Gino Barbaro on the show, one half of Jake and Gino. And this individual is well known in the multifamily circuit across the country because he has one of the most successful mentorship and education programs in real estate, at least in my opinion and the opinion of most. And you know, on the side, he also has about a quarter billion dollars in real estate, which is pretty, pretty big, a pretty big deal as well. So without further ado, I want to give him the microphone to give us his background, what he's doing now, and what he wants to do in the future. Gino, the floor is yours. Ike, two things, actually three things. First, thanks for having me on. Number two, where do I send the check? Because I, <laughs> I like getting that like getting that pumped off. And number three, I thought I had a great operatic voice. Boy, Dre's got a nice voice there. I'm going taking opera lessons. And I think, Dre, if you want a new career, man, you've got a great voice, nice and deep. You probably use baritone. I'm a dramatic tenor there. When we get off the mic, we're going to rip your opera songs, okay? You hear that nice, deep laugh? I love that, brother. It sounds great. I mean, for, for, for me, it's just like, it's ironic that I'm on the multifamily by the slice show because I was the pizza guy for years. That was my identity. I'm eight years old. My father's an immigrant. He opens a restaurant. I'm going to work with him at eight years old. And I fell in love with the business. It, it became part of me. And I loved it. And I went to college. wasn't great at school. Had to do it because Pop said you got to get a degree. So I went to college, went, got out of college, went to work for AIG for a year. Hated that. Ended up opening the restaurant with my family. And I worked at the restaurant for years and years. From 94 to 2016, when I left in 2016. But let's go all the way to the Great Recession, back to the Great Recession in 2008. That's where I had to shift. And I said to myself, how do I get out of this restaurant thing? This is burning me out. I'm working more, making less. I'm on that hamster wheel. And for me, meeting Jake was huge. Investing in my, in my education was huge. That's why I, I started Jake and Gino. That's why I'm such a big believer 
as Alex Hormozzi says, investing in the SME instead of the S&P. It's all about investing in yourself. When you put money into yourself, you invest in your education, you, you've got you know skin in the game. And most people don't realize that, the accountability and all. I've been blessed. I may I married an amazing woman. I have six kids. We homeschool our kids, ages 23 to eight. That's probably the best part of my life. The restaurant was awesome. I, I had great connections, great relationships, but I was the solopreneur. I, I couldn't scale. And that's what ultimately led me to multifamily. I'm out there with Jake on our first deal. It took us 18 months to find that first deal. It was, it was a 25 unit little crack den, as we like to call it. We still <laughs> own that property. It still prints us a ton of money. I didn't want the single families. And most of you listening out there and Ike and I bantered before we started, it's the limiting belief. Oh, I can't get into multifamily. It's the pie in the sky. We're going to talk about pizza a lot on the show, I guess, but that's what people <laughs> say. They, they think it's a pie in the sky. They think it's a dream. And we're here to tell you that's a limiting belief. If that's what you believe, by all means, you can go ahead and continue to believe that. I believe that initially on, but I said to myself, I can't be working 55 to 60 hours a week and buy one house here, one house there. I need to scale up. I want to be able to create some type of passive income. And that's what really led me to multifamily, led myself to Jake, 18 months, that first deal. But then after that first deal, we bought our second deal three months later. And then our third deal, six months after that. So we were able to scale up pretty quickly by learning the processes. But before those 18 months, I had been preparing myself with the education, with mentorship, and with going out and learning the business, Ike. Wow. Wow. I mean, th there's a lot to tease out there, but I have a question that I'm I'm not certain, you know, I've heard you answer before. So I want to get to it right now. Given what you know about real estate, about how important it is to build networks and and all of the all the tough lessons that you learned over over your career so far, if you were to go back and do it again, what would you change? On that first deal that I did in 2005 by myself, I want you to picture this. I'm working at the restaurant. I've got a nice little nest egg of cash in the bank. And I'll preface it by saying a person with money meets a person with experience. And that's what I did. I had money and I met the person with experience. The person with the experience gets the money and the person with the money gets the experience. I did no due diligence. I didn't know what a syndication was. I didn't even know I was giving this guy capital and we were creating a security. I didn't walk the property. I didn't know about underwriting. I made all these mistakes on the first deal and I lost all my money a year and a half later. But more importantly, what I did do was I blamed that individual. I didn't take full responsibility. I was the moron who went into the deal not knowing about mobile home parks, not knowing about median income, not knowing about buy right, manage right, finance right, not knowing about partnerships, not knowing about values-based decision-making, not knowing about all these things. And ultimately, that book that I talk about, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker, it's about being a responsibility junkie. It's about your fruits and your roots. It has nothing to do with multifamily. I think you, you need that mind shift and, and mindset really is paramount in life. I mean, life is 80% psychological and 20% mechanical, right? Ike, you're a smart dude. You got the underwriting piece. Why did you have all those limiting beliefs? It's about mindset. It's about what's holding us back. And it's about challenging ourselves. And for me, it was really easy. I had money, give this person money. Hopefully he makes me money. Well, it didn't work out. And I'm glad it didn't work out because I learned a tough lesson. I went back. I wasn't as smart as I should have been. Made a mistake on the second deal. It was real estate. 
It was multifamily, more of a mixed use kind of property, but I made mistakes there because I didn't buy right in the market cycle. I didn't understand commercial leases. That's when I said timeout. I don't want to deal with mixed use, office, industrial. I want to deal just with tenants. I want to deal with multifamily and apartments. How do I learn this space? And that's what gravitated me towards it. The light switch went on. I need to take full responsibility. I need to learn this business. How do I do it? And I had enough pain. Most of us out there are just living comfortable lives. We're not that painful. Maybe COVID changed it for a lot of people. But you know what? You start getting stimulus checks. You get PPP money. You get a little lazy. You're comfortable. You don't really want that change. Most people are at that point. You either need to be really supercharged in life or you need to really feel a lot of pain to make a change in life. And I, at that point, I was feeling a lot of pain. At that time, I had four kids. How am I going to put them through college? How am I going to make enough money to retire? And I felt a lot of pain. I'm saying to myself, this one little restaurant here was doing really well, but now the writing is on the wall. Grubhub is coming. You know, Domino's is coming. Eating habits are coming. Panera is coming. I need to change something. I need to do something differently, Ike. Wow. Yeah. I mean, th- there's there's so much in there that that can be can be discussed on the mindset side. And, and I think especially with someone of, of of your experience that's been doing real estate for a while and has also coached a lot of people doing that are that are in the real estate industry what commonalities do you see in regards to mindset of the most successful players in the industry what what do you see that that is similar across the board whether you know they're in multifamily whether they're a broker whether they're in property management, what what do you see that's similar across the board for those that are successful in, in multifamily real estate? Well, let's be, talk about being successful in life because that translates into multifamily. Uh, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, must read. Not a hard read, but it is a must read. And, and I'll give you an example. My son the other day, he's 20 years old. He's a junior in college and he was studying for a test and he was sick. And went to take the test yesterday. So I'm texting him back and forth. I said, Mike, how'd you do? He goes, I did okay, dad. I think I did pretty good. I said, I'm really proud of you because you studied while you're really sick. He was really sick during those couple of days. And he texts me back and he says, dad, I learned from the best. I I felt like a proud father at that point because what I taught my son is it's all about the growth mindset. The fixed mindset will tell you, well, let me take my foot off the gas. I'm a little sick. I don't need to study. If I do it, yes or not. The growth mindset says, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep working hard. I don't have all the answers. I'm going to grow through this. Now, a couple of examples of fixed mindset. You can be a high-level performer and have a fixed mindset. Look at John McEnroe. In the book, they talk about John McEnroe. It was never his fault. It was always sawdust. It was the weather. It was the noise. He had the flu. It was never anybody else's fault. It was always someone else's fault. He never took responsibility. Now we can talk about MJ, Michael Jordan. He's the antithesis. He's the ultimate growth mindset. The guy won three championships and then he quit to go play baseball. Everyone thought he was a failure, but that's the growth mindset. He wanted another challenge. And by the way, what did he hit? 230 playing for the Chicago White Sox? Not bad. People call it a failure. That's pretty amazing considering that he was playing basketball two years ago. And then what did he do? He got sick and tired of that, went back to basketball and won an additional three championships, always working harder. As he got older, he couldn't dunk all the time. So what did he do? He became a much better defender, great jump shot, posted up. He changed his game. He evolved. 
He wasn't the fixed mindset that said, I can only do this one way. I'm going to continue to grow. Jeter's another one that comes to mind. Jeter, younger, had more mobility, more range. As he got older as a shortstop, he got older. He got slower, but he compensated and he learned. Always that constant growth and that constant improvement. And that's what I think you need in business because you're at one point in business when you're starting out, you're buying your first couple of deals. You're the I'm a guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But as you start scaling up, I'm just going to get burned out and you need to continue to grow. You start hiring people. You start implementing systems. Woo. I had no systems at the restaurant. Didn't know what the hell a system was. That's why I had one restaurant. But within five years of investing with Jake, I have 1,500 apartment units. It was all about the fixed mindset at the restaurant, doing things the way pops did, the way things were done 30 years ago, as opposed to doing things the way they're done nowadays, implementing systems, learning the business. So always focus on that and try to teach your children the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Don't tell your kids, hey, you're really smart. You really put them on a pedestal because when they fail, they may employ the fixed mindset and go up. I'm done. I can't do it. I don't want to look bad in front of my, my, my peers. I don't want to look bad in front of anybody. Whereas the growth mindset says, I'm probably going to look bad. I'm probably going to fail a few times, but I'm going to learn from the process. I'm going to continue to grow and get better at it. That's what you need as being an investor. Because if I had quit on that very first deal, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have created Jake and Gina. I wouldn't have created the success for the community because I would have been able to you know, been quitting. And it's the same thing with this podcast. You look back at yourself three years from now and go, man, I really sucked at these podcasts three years ago. But you're going to think it was the growth mindset. I'm going to continue to do this and to get better. If you can employ that in every aspect of your life, in some areas, you have the fixed mindset. In some areas, you have the growth mindset. Become aware of where you want to get better and just employ the growth mindset. You know what I love about that is something, especially when you talk about real estate investing, a lot of people don't, we don't talk about that. And I understand that people's hearts are in the right place. They want to get started in real estate. They want to invest. But, you know, people see it from the service level. They see the money. They see the green. They see the the pride to be able to walk around and say, oh, I own multifamily, whatever it may be. But a lot of people struggle to scale. They struggle for that growth. And and, and I love that you, you talk about that mindset. And it's funny because I'm dealing with that now uh, as a department head. Um, I'm leading around 60 people as, as a supplier core officer. And it's interesting because supply for the Navy, we're like the business managers for the Navy. So think UPS, think Amazon. In addition to that, the other leg is S2. So I run a restaurant and then I'll run like a mini Walmart. It's, it's interesting. We have all that. We have money, there's contracts, there's parts, all that in one. And you're sitting there trying to teach the other managers how to think effectively. And I'm always like, you know, you're running a business. You need to approach it that way. You need to have the mindset have your systems in place and be able to scale and think ahead of what you have to accomplish for your day. How do you win the day? How do you win the week? How do you win the month? Mm-hmm. And there's so people get so focused in the, in the day to day and just like Mars family get full focused on just, Oh, I have a Mars family, whatever. But if you don't focus on the growth and you don't f- focus on the progression, you get nowhere. And so I love mm-hmm. that you really took the time to explain the importance of growth when it comes to not only being a real, real estate investor, but as an entrepreneur in general, and just relating that to sports too, and really in life. You know, and if you really want to be phenomenal in life, you need to have a growth mindset. And, and the mindset is everything. If you have the mindset it takes to be a leader and to think from a growth capacity, then you can translate to that to multiple things that you do, no matter what the profession. Andre, let me follow that up with what you said about scaling and growing and using your time. I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was from Eisenhower. I read it yesterday. Everything is important 
and urgent, right? There's things that are, that are urgent, but when something's urgent, it needs to get done. Putting out a fire, you know, working on a, on a plan. Those things that are, that are really important never get done because they're not urgent, right? Mm-hmm. And something that, and Stephen Covey talks about it, that, that quadrant where it's important, but you never get to it. And what is that? That's business planning. That's networking. That's underwriting deals. That's taking brokers out. That's doing property tours. That's building your book of business. That's talking to investors. That's long-termism. That's stuff that you have to plan, but it's never urgent. And we're always working day to day. And that's what people do who are in W-2s, who own restaurants. They're working on the day-to-day, not planning, sticking their head up and going, where do I want to be five years from now? How, how do I, how, how is that going to look? What's my future self going to look like? Because we're too worried about the urgency and we need people to help us. And that's why when you start scaling up, you have people on your team to take away those, those day-to-day obligations. So you can look forward and you can start planning. So always think about urgency needs to get done. But every, maybe an hour out of the day, hour out of eight, think about what needs to get done as far as important. And when you're talking about multifamily, that's underwriting deals. That's talking to brokers. That's raising capital. Those are three things that you need to do in multifamily to make yourself successful. And maybe one hour a day listening to a podcast, doing a recording. That kind of stuff is also important. It's not urgent. But if you never get to the important stuff, then everything becomes urgent and nothing becomes important. Does that make sense? I love it. I actually found that quote. So the quote that Gina's referring to is what is important is seldom urgent. And what is urgent is seldom important. Mm-hmm. Thank love you. It. I, I butchered it. it, but let that sink in. Say that one more time. And that really re- should resonate with yours listening to this. Wow. I'm out there putting out fires every day. If you're out there putting out fires every day, then you're not doing the important stuff to grow your business. And I was putting out fires every day, sending out orders, taking catering orders, but how am I build growing the business? Washing dishes, sweeping the floor. It feels great because you're doing urgent stuff and you're doing busy work and you feel great at the end of the day. And at the end of the week, you made your couple thousand bucks. But then at the end of the year, you're at the same spot you were at the beginning of the year. So just repeat that one more time. I want everyone to write that down and just let that sink in. I love it. What is important is seldom urgent. And what is urgent is seldom important. That's awesome. Thank you. I love it. So love it. Th- those, those of you out there, if, if you haven't noticed, Gino's a natural teacher, right? And, and, sticking, and sticking with the growth versus fixed mindset uh, discussion, it's a lot easier to have a growth mindset when you're surrounded by others mm-hmm. that have a growth mindset. And so the reason I bring that up is because I want to discuss the mentorship and education program that you and Jake have built. I'd, I'd like to know, you know, its inception it's growth trajectory. How, how has this experience been for you? And how did you decide you wanted to start helping others invest in this space? You just gave me one of the nicest compliments that I'll ever receive because I don't want to be known as a speaker. And Zig Ziglar says that he's not a speaker. He wants to be known as a teacher. And if you're, if you're known as a teacher and you can, you can teach these concepts to people and teach it to them as if they're 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds, because I always joke around my wife. My wife doesn't know what a cap rate is. She don't know what cash on cash return is. And that's on me because I can't dumb it down enough for her. <laughs> but I want to be known as a teacher. That's really important because when you can convey these topics to others, people with financial intelligence can change the world for the better. If we're out there teaching people these concepts that they don't know and they can empower themselves through the financial intelligence, we've impacted thousands and thousands of people. I started Jake and Gino, honestly, Ike, because 
I was out of work. I had just left the restaurant. I quit the restaurant. I'm moving down to Florida and Jake's taking care of the properties in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I'm like, Jake, you don't need me to property manage there. I don't have any deals in Jacksonville yet. How about we write a book? I'm like, let's write a book. Let's start a podcast. You know, who knew, right? I'm like, maybe we can make a few bucks doing this. So you start (laughs) out by thinking about monetizing it, but it took us about a year to write the first book. Our second book, it took us two months. So see what I'm saying? If it was the fixed mindset, we would have quit after the first one and not launched the second one. My wife has done two kids books since then. Within six months, the kids books are done. But we started because I really wanted to interview and podcast guests like, you know, T. Harv Eker, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Cameron Harold, you know, how many, the list goes on and on. Kevin uh, McElroy, all the rich dad advisors have had it on the show. How much is it their time worth? Their time's worth thousands and thousands of dollars an hour. But for me to be able to interview them, great. Let's get them on and let's learn. So I started it more selfishly than anything else. Then I realized, hey, I've got something here. We've got several hundred units. We can teach on this. Let's start creating micro courses and products. And from there it started. Biggest inflection point for us was when I realized I couldn't sell myself. It's very hard to say to somebody, hey, invest in me, buy my products. I'm not Cardone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that kind of person. It's, it's pretty presumptuous sometimes. So I needed a sales team. So Josh came on back in 2018, one of the best hires that I've ever had. He started the sales team. He started the whole sales process. And we started going from just being online to going to one bootcamp fulfillment then from the one bootcamp fulfillment, continuing coaching, we've added coaching to it. And then from coaching, we, did, we, added, we added more online events. Then we added the multifamily mastery events. So as you can see, going from a $1,000 product all the way up to a $25,000 offering in four or five years, it doesn't happen overnight. It's the trials and tribulations. And it is the growth mindset because you're saying to yourself, wow, that's really expensive to charge that kind of money. But at the same token, I'm out in the marketplace and looking at other programs. They're much more expensive. The fulfillment isn't there. And we've got a proven concept. Our students have done over 50,000 units, over $4 billion in you know deals they've done in the last five years alone. And that's continuing to grow. So is the inception of that little small online community to saying, I know what people need. And you've experienced this. You need to get your butt in a classroom with a hundred other students who are committed to growing, create this amazing network, create this amazing community, let them get it on, let them start investing amongst themselves and let them start asking questions and really utilize all the resources. And for me, that was my biggest mistake early on when I was at the restaurant. I can't, I can't go to these events. I don't have time. And you'd mentioned that that peer group. I, I was fortunate when I started because I had Jake. He was my mastermind buddy. I had my wife. She was great. My problem was all the elements that I had at the restaurant, the employees, the customers, they weren't at the peer level that I needed. And as you grow, those people start coming into your life. That's why for me right now, right now, we're peers right now. I'm enjoying this conversation tremendously. I'm learning from you guys. And that's what it's all about, to raise that level of peer group. There's the raise your level of standard. And that's what the military does. That's what the Army, the Navy does. They put a set of standards in there. All of a sudden, Everyone in that group raises their standards. But then what happens when they retire? A lot of those people go back to the real world and they don't have any more standards. They go back to their buddies. They start drinking again. Whatever happens is really hard because you go back into society. Find that peer group that you want to emulate. Find those people that are going to raise you up. 
Jim Rome says it, the average of the five people you're around, see who you're around. You can choose your friends and there's nothing wrong with it. Have buddies, go out, have fun. But when you want to really work on your personal development, look who you're hanging around with. I had my partner, Jake. I had my other partner, Mike, who's, who's still our partner in the business. And then all of a sudden it's the Jake and Gino community. That's my peer group. When we, when we have somebody come into the community, you see the people that are in the community. They're serious. They're professionals. They're educated. They've got capital. We're not selling a dream. We're selling buy right, manage right, finance right, and work your ass off. And then the dream may come. It's a different group of people than people just coming in there going, hey, I got no money. I'm going to buy multifamily. Uh-uh. That's not what it's about. It's about getting qualified people. And I've got to get on these calls. I've got to be with these people. So I want to make sure that they're high caliber people because when I get on these phone calls and I'm at these events, I want to be inspired. I want to learn from them as much as they want to learn from me. Yeah, I love that. We're going to, we're going to move on to the second part of the show, the legacy round. Now, typically, Gino, it's, a, it's an open forum where you talk about your favorite acquisition that forever changed the trajectory of your business. In my opinion, you already spoke a lot of that in the first part of the show and going from the pizza restaurant business and doing your first deal. You also can do, we ask them to do practical tips on how to grow up portfolio or how to build your investment network. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and I want to touch on the honeybee. Mm. And the reason why is because you don't get many authors on the show and I myself am an author. So I want to touch on that. Why, why a parable? Well, let's talk what, what brought up the birth of the concept of the idea of the honeybee and why the parable. And I've read the book, by the way. It's a great book. I love, I love the parable route you went with it. And that's more of the reason why I want to discuss it on the show, because there's that, there's that teachable part that, that goes with that again. So why, 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 why the honeybee? Why a parable? When you read a book, you want to enjoy yourself. You want to be easy to consume. And parables are great. Jesus spoke in parables. Yep. Fishes of men. Simplify. Make it simple. He's talking to people who, guys, the apostles are fishers. I mean, you speak in their language, right? And for me, rich, rich Dad, Poor Dad was a parable. The richest man in Babylon was a parable. The go-giver was a parable. They're all stories that they're easy to relate. And we learn by stories. Our brain, we're basically cavemen and cavewomen running around. We're basically taught and our basic way we learn it is by stories, is by pictures. So I wanted to make a simple concept. And in the story itself, there's the Noah, who's the drug rep, the pharmaceutical rep, which is Jake. And then we have Tom, who's the mentor, the person we need who shows up on our life when we need him. And it really has a bunch of lessons in there. I mean, the big lesson, if you've read Ben Hardy's book, Who Not How, we have that lesson in there. As you're scaling up your portfolio, as Noah's going from 10 units to 50 units, he's asking, how do I do this? And, and the question is, no, who can help you scale up? You need a contractor, you need a property manager. And the story is, is awesome because it, it goes from Noah being a disaffected W2 sales, you know, sales salesman into how do I start real estate? Well, he rents out his basement, first form of income. And he gets a couple of stings, a couple of things happen. And that's what happens in business. Then he starts scaling up. Then his next inflection point is, oh, guess what? I'm going to go and invest in a restaurant. Uh-uh-uh, you have to stay in that complimentary stream of revenue. He got out of his area of expertise. He could have bought the, the building and then invested in the restaurant. No, but he lost his money there. And that's happened to all of us. But is that sting going to stop you? If you have a big enough why 
as as uh, you know, what's his name? Simon Sinek talks about uh, actually Nietzsche was the one who talked about it. If you look if you look at all the gurus today, they're really good at ripping off <laughs> hills of the world. They're good at ripping off their, you know, Victor Frankl's and, and the Nietzsche's of the world, which is great because they just simplify things because those guys back then wrote so eloquently. Most of us don't understand what the hell they're talking about. So it's great. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Tony Robbins. You guys are amazing. But you look at the stuff that they said years ago, it translates. I mean, history doesn't really change. And, and knowing the why is really strong. And that little river, one little river becomes two little rivers, complementary streams. What I talk about, we started the edge, we started our investment. We bought that first 25 unit property. Then from there, we had 200 units. We had property management. That was the second stream of revenue. Think about it as a, as a, as a bike wheel, all of the spokes coming off that center property. You have the, like I said, the investment, then the property management, then the education company, Jake and Gino. Then all of a sudden we start the hundred year. We're starting to sell whole life insurance through our community because we think it's an amazing asset. We did call it a dual asset strategy. Then you start your RAND partners, your syndication company, which is another form of revenue, but it's all tied to the real estate, right? Now we're starting development. We're starting to build to rent duplexes. That's another form. It's all, but you know what? People are like, I can't do all that. That's too much. Just start. And this, this is in any business you're talking about. If you're in the single family space, same kind of thing. You've got a single family home portfolio. Start educating. Start writing books. Start doing some YouTube videos, monetizing that way. Hey, you want to start a little fund? Start a fund. Hey, you want to do private money? Let's do some private money from there. You want to start a title company that helps you close? You want to get your real estate license? There's so many ways to create complementary streams of revenue around the asset that you have or the business that you have. Focus on it. I mean, with the restaurant, I'll give you a quick example. The restaurant, we could have done multiple streams and I was getting there before I just got burned out. You have food trucks, you have weddings, you have physical products, you have jarring pizza sauce. You can start freezing your pizzas, selling them online. We're doing physical products online. You can start expanding the brand by creating those multiple streams of revenue. And then what ends up happening at the end of the book, all of these streams of revenue are all built up. This big tributary, this big river, you want to create streams of purpose. What do you do with that? You know, Noah ended up leaving a legacy. I don't want to tell you the end of the story, but for me, it's the same thing. I've created this impact. What do you want to do with your legacy? It's not just about leaving money to people. It's about creating that impact. And for me, it's that financial legacy, which I can leave to my children. And hopefully they can send, they can give that message to their kids and to their grandkids as well. And Jake and Gino, I think to me is part of that part of that legacy where I'm leaving, where I'm teaching people to become financially free and I'm teaching them to leave their W-2 jobs. Right now, like, I don't know if you know it, I'm, I'm, I'm my, our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal at Jake and Gino, I just changed it in the last month. I want to have a thousand people leave their jobs by the year 2030. Right now, we're in 2022, I've got 81 people. So 81 people doesn't seem like a lot of people that have left their W-2 jobs. But when you think about it, those are 81 families that have been affected and all of their families have been affected by that. That's thousands of people. So I'm already thinking about my legacy. Remember that important and urgent? I peek my head up enough just to see what's important. I'm looking at that on the time horizon and that's what's important to me, that part of that piece of the legacy. And that's what keeps me going on with Jake and Gino because man, not every day is rosy. We've got a lot <laughs> of tough days when it, when it comes to education, getting on planes, writing books, creating content. It can get difficult, but me knowing what my legacy is and what impact I want to leave just keeps me locked in to continue to do what I love to do. Love it. We're going to move on to the last part of the show, the Giordano round. And as you know, from Chicago, this is the multi-family body size podcast. And Giordano's is the number one pizza spot there. Known for these thick, meaty slices of pizza. Each slice is going to be a juicy goodness, watery mouthful. So 
this round is going to be a series of questions between Ike and I going back and forth, leaving our listeners fully satisfied. The first one, Gino, you're on the top of the highest mountain in the world. These are your last words before you die. What will you scream out to the world and want them to remember you? Gino, wow. bye. It's funny. I was going to say, actually say, I was going to scream out to God and say, take care of my family. That's what I was actually going to say to okay. God. Just please take care of my family, you know, as, as I'm departing this world. And please, I got to get to heaven. I, I, that's the goal. I, and, and I want my children to focus on that. But my legacy, what I would, what I would scream out is, wow, that, that's a great question. I, you know, I don't know. I, I just want my I want my kids to remember me for the dad that I was. That I was there every day. I tried to make a better life for them. I tried to leave them a better position that you know that I had when I was growing up. And I want to leave the impact that I helped others become financially free. Love it. Family first. Family first. All right. Question number two, and this might be a tough one. So take your time with it. Take your time with it because you got a lot a lot to answer here. But if there was one slice of wisdom, just one you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? Just one slice of wisdom. One slice, Gino, just one. I would say those who have a big enough why will figure out how to do it. Okay, what are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Well, for us, Jake and I like cash. We deal in the cash world. So it's cash on cash return. That, that's really important to us. We're buying real deals. Another one, profit per unit. Most investors don't talk about profit per unit. We're not syndicators. We own our own deals internally. So our profit per unit is much higher than of the average syndicator, the average investor out there. We want to focus on how profitable our deals are. And I think, I mean, there's so many terms out there, but, you know, Understand cap rates, understand how cap rates work in this environment, understand how you can utilize them and understand that they're not the only metric that you're using to buy deals with. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. This last question might be the most perfect question to ask you. So here it goes. Education is critical in this business. What books, mastermind groups, podcasts, or any other forms of content would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? It's education times action equals results. You got to get the education. So let's talk about that education piece. For me, we've been talking about personal development and mindset. There's a couple of mindset books. The first one is that, that Atomic Habits because you need to create those great habits. And I love James Clear's book. I've got book notes on it. We've talked about mindset. I love Stephen Covey's Seven Habits. I mean, I read that book 20 years ago. Didn't have an impact on me. I wasn't ready for it. I read that book again. And that book is phenomenal. I love that book. You can read that over and over again and gleam so many different golden nuggets out of that book. I'm trying to think what else. As far as multifamily, I just go on and listen to the podcast. I mean, if you're just starting out, I think Bigger Pockets is a great place to start out. You're not going to end there. You start there and just start listening to their podcasts, start going on their forums, start talking and listening to what other investors are doing and start there. But for us, I would also say just go to the Jake and Gino channel because for us, we have our students doing deals, Mulder Moves and Shakers. We have the Jake and Gino channel. We have me and my wife doing a podcast called the Gino, Julian Gino Show. And we talk about spousal relationships. If you're doing this business and you're married, you have a significant other, they're part of the journey, whether you like it or not. They're going to hear you complain about attorneys. They're going to hear you complain about your partner. 
immerse them in, 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 in the, in the, uh, in the adventure. Because for me early on, that was so important. Let my wife know why I was doing this, painting the picture. So she actually said, Hey, I have full faith in you. I'm on board. Let's do whatever it takes. So that, that was, that is really an important show. Not many people talk about that on podcasts because I guess people won't work with their spouse or significant others. They don't have that communication. To me, communication is, is crucial with your spouse, your significant other. So get on the Julian Gino show and listen to, you know, it's a lot of fun. I, it's one of my favorite shows that I do because I get to make fun of my wife on camera and she can't do anything <laughs> about it, but she comes back for more. So it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of what other books there are out there. I mean, there's so many books out there. I mean, obviously the rich dad, poor dad is the beginning. If you want the mindset, he teaches you, you know, why you should do it, not how, but his series, Sharon Lecter is another amazing person. You should go on her website and get her stuff. She's one of the co-authors of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Start with those books. And we'd mentioned you know, the richest man in Babylon, simple parable. But let me tell you, if you're just starting out and you don't know what those rules, those laws of money, those laws of gold, they lay them out simply in that book. Perfect. How can multifamily about a slice listeners best get in touch with you? Jakeandgino.com. Go on the website. I mentioned the podcast, the blogs. If you guys want to reach out to me, ask me a question, just hit me up at Gino at Jakeandgino.com. I can say real quick before we close, I have never emailed Gino and he didn't respond to me within 24 hours. And I've emailed this man a lot. I, he, he, he can attest to that. He's never not responded within 24 hours and that's for everybody. So please do reach out. He's a wealth of information and extremely generous with his time. And it's funny you say that. Another book, Persuasion, Robert Cialdini. The reason why is in that Persuasion book, it's influence, it's commitment and consistency. I commit to that. I want to be consistent with that. So when somebody emails me and asks me something, I need to get back to them or it just doesn't feel right and something's off with me. So that's part of the mission is if somebody's going to ask me for something and they're part of the community, I want to give back. So always think about that. Read Cialdini's books. His books are awesome. But there you have it, folks. Another episode of Multifamily Bought a Slice. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I got my great co-host here, IKK. We had Gino Barbaro in the house as a special guest. Check us out, multifamilybottaslice.com. Leave us a great review that helps the show get recognized by others so it can add value to them. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.